Welcome to the City of Refuge podcast, where our mission is to equip a diverse community of Christ followers to make him known. Amen. Good morning, City of Refuge. It is so good to be with you in person today and also online. Truly, Jesus is with us, and Jesus directs our every step. Jesus provides everything that we need. We're going to be moving through our sermon series about abiding in Jesus. Abide in Jesus. And today, we are actually going to be taking a little bit of a shift, because over the last couple weeks, we've been hearing from Jesus, and Jesus has talked a lot about comfort. He's talked about love, how we love God and love each other. He's given us commandments about how to do that well, how to abide in the vine and produce real fruit. But as we enter this message today, Uh, Jesus takes a little bit of a turn, a turn to warn us about something called hate. Hatred is what we see repeated more often in this passage than love. So we're going to talk about what Jesus is saying to us as he focuses on what the world's reaction will be to us if we love one another and if we stay connected to the vine. We'll be in John chapter 15 from verse 18 through John chapter 16, verse 4a. John 15, verse 18 through John 16, verse 4a. But before we finish and continue our message this morning, I actually want to show a picture that I hope will help us see what I'm talking about today. We're going back to elementary school or kindergarten here. And we're going to play a game. And the name of this game is called One of These Things is Not Like the Other. So we're playing the game. One of these things is not like the other. So if you're at home, kids, help me out. Help your parents out. Let's identify. We have three different things up here on the stage. All of them are stands that help you to put your music or your Bible or something that you're reading from. But one of these stands is not like the other. So which one is it? Is it stand number one or stand number two or stand number three? Which stand is not like the other ones? One, two, or three? I see my kids in the audience here. Which one is it? Which one is not like the other ones? Number two, that's right. We're sending them to good school, so hopefully. But number two, and the reason I bring this up is because in our passage today, it's almost like Jesus is telling us, as we walk through this world, we should not be afraid to be different. And the reason why we are to be different is because we believe and love Jesus. But Jesus also shows us that in our difference, there might be very subtle things that we might not see with what's around us. All three things on here are stands. They can easily be used for the same purposes. 
But there, and so just like we are called, this stand in the middle. And so just like we are called to not be like the world around us, Christ calls us as Christians who abide in him to always look different. Even when it means we suffer, even when it means we look different from the rest of the world around us, even when people don't like us, Christ calls us to be different. And this difference that Christ calls us to will always produce the fruit of righteousness and love and grace and peace and justice in our world. So kids, as you go out this week, don't be afraid to be different because of Jesus Christ. Learn to love people. And if people don't like you because you love Jesus, Christ calls you to love them anyway and to choose always to be different, to look different, to act different. And God will empower you through his spirit to do those things. So let's continue with our message today as we continue to talk about what it means to be different. How God is calling us to be different. As we were talking in our preaching team meeting, they gave me an encouragement. <clears throat> they said the purpose of our message today should be to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. So that's what I'm going to attempt today, to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. And I am one of those people who will be afflicted by this message as well. So let's go through this together and see what God is saying to us. As we started out this morning, we said that God, through Jesus Christ, takes a very sharp turn from what he's been speaking in the past. He's been talking about love, what it means to love God, what it means to love one another, what it means to stay connected to the vine. And here in this passage, we take this turn where Jesus starts to talk about what we will receive when we do those things, when we love God, when we love one another, when we stay connected to the vine. And Jesus is very clear about this to his disciples because he doesn't want them to be surprised by the reaction that the world has to what they are doing. He says to them, the world will hate you if you love me. He says to them, you will be persecuted if you love me. He says to them that the world has hated him before and the world will hate those who follow him. The world will not like what it sees in followers of Jesus Christ. There will be persecution hostility, ill-treatment, especially in the areas of our views of Jesus Christ and our faith because there are two kingdoms that are at war, the kingdom of God that exists with love and righteousness and justice and the kingdom and the systems of our world that are characterized by disbelief and hate. Those two kingdoms do not come together lightly there is also always tension when that happens. And so let's look at what Jesus describes as the world in John chapter 16, verse 1 through 3. John 16, verse 1 through 3. This is what it says. I have said these things to you to keep you from falling away. Next verse. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering a service to God. 
And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. So these are the words that Jesus is describing as he's describing the persecution that his disciples are going to face, the hatred that they will face for what they believe in, for whom they believe in, because they believe in Jesus Christ, because they abide in the vine, because they choose to love and not hate. Jesus says to them, the world will persecute you. The world will hate you. The world will put you out of synagogues. The world might even kill you and think they are doing it because of me. And Jesus warns his disciples and encourages them, pay attention, be prepared. Now, a lot of times when we talk about the world, the typical image that we get is the image of people who do not believe in God at all. But it's really interesting that as Jesus is having this conversation with his disciples, he is not talking about the world as people who do not know God. In fact, he is talking about the world as the very people who know God the most, but do not understand the purposes and the heart of a loving and gracious father. He's talking about the religious people of his day. He's talking about the folks who know scripture in and out. When Jesus refers to the world, he says the world are people who are in the synagogues and who will kick you out because you believe in me. That's the world. The world that Jesus is talking about. People who claim to know God. People who persecute those who believe in Jesus, who love one another, and think that they are doing this for the sake of God himself. That is who Jesus is calling us to watch out for. Watch out when we are persecuted by the world. Watch out for these value systems of the world that are in opposition to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Watch out for people who call us away from righteousness and justice to other forms of living. Watch out for people who do not want us to bear the type of fruit that comes from abiding in the vine. Fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Jesus tells us, watch out for the world. Watch out for the world. And so Jesus, as he is walking through life, lives his life in opposition to the values of the kingdom of this world because he lives by the values of the kingdom of heaven. And because of this, Jesus is persecuted. Jesus is persecuted all over the Gospels. You read stories many, many times where Jesus is persecuted. And time and time again, you see the world as Jesus describes persecuting Jesus. It's the Pharisees. It's the Jews who are persecuting Jesus for what he claims he is. They persecute Jesus because Jesus is a disruptor of their culture. Jesus doesn't just align with the things of his Jewish culture all the time. Jesus always makes sure that where things do not align with the kingdom of, the, of God, that there's disruption, that he speaks a word of challenge. And so the Jews persecute Jesus for that. They persecute him because they see that the kingdom of God is coming near through this carpenter from Nazareth. They see him healing people on the Sabbath day, and they're worried because this goes against their culture. And so they persecute Jesus for that. 
He's disrupting the flow of their culture. He's disrupting the status quo. But another thing we see all over Scripture in the Gospels of why people persecute Jesus is because of these radical claims that he says about himself. He claims that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus claimed that nobody can come to the Father except through him. Jesus claims equality with God by saying that he has received from the Father what he now passes on to us. And because of those things, Jesus is persecuted. And likewise, Jesus said, because I have been persecuted in these ways, because I have been persecuted for believing that the Father is the only way to get to the Father is through me, you as my followers, the disciples will also be persecuted. And so he moves on in John chapter 15. We'll go back to verse 18 and 19. In John 15, 18 and 19, Jesus encourages his disciples with these words. He says, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of this world, therefore the world hates you. So Jesus spells out clearly to his disciples that there is hatred that is coming. If you love one another as Christ has loved you and as the Father has loved us, there is hatred that is coming. If you love the kingdom of God more than you love the kingdom of this world, Jesus says there is persecution that is coming. But Jesus reminds his disciples and says, remember that this is persecution that I have also endured. I have endured this hatred, says Jesus. And if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. The world would cherish you. The world would embrace you in a way that says, these are our people. They understand the principles of the kingdom of this world. They do not buck the status quo. They do not disrupt the things that are for the sake of the kingdom of God. Jesus says the world will love us if we pursue the values of this world. But that's troubling. That's troubling for us as a church because as we reflect and as we look out at our society, it's very easy to see so many places in our society where people in the church crave the love of the world more than we do the love of our Heavenly Father. We crave the values of the kingdom of this world more than we do the values of the kingdom of heaven. Instead of being people who, like Jesus says in this passage, are called out by him, called out of the world, called out to live very differently for our own purposes, to maintain our own status, to maintain our own power, we seek the love of the world. But Jesus tells us that that is not what we should be doing. No doubt, he doesn't tell us to go out and look for trouble in the world. But Jesus says, if you are my people, if you obey my commandments, if you're abiding in the vine daily, this is what will come. It's happened to me. The world has hated me, but the world will hate you too. And all these things people will do on account of the name of Jesus. So let me tell you a practical way that I've seen this happen. And 
Again, my bias is that I am not an American, and so I am speaking to you as you can call me a brother from another mother. I am from Nigeria, and so I'm looking at things that I'm seeing in the culture here in the United States, and I want to give a word of caution and a word of challenge, but ultimately I hope is also a word of comfort to the American church. On January 6th, like many of you, I watched on the news, and I watched as a lot of violence and hatred was being spewed at the nation's Capitol building. But what was more striking to me was not the amount of hatred because we do live in a world that is not a world that is governed by love, but by hatred sometimes. But it was so surprising to see so many Christian images merge with the violence that was going on that day. We saw wooden crosses right next to wooden gallows. We saw Jesus saves flag. People who stormed the Capitol building, injured and killed police people, threatening the lives of senators, yelling and screaming to kill the vice president. We saw them in the chambers, holding hands and praying after they did all of that. We see a weird mixture in our society where our values of the kingdom of God have been mixed with values of a kingdom that is not of the kingdom of God. And it's dangerous. It's dangerous for the church in general. It's dangerous because these types of values of radicalization take root and are able to seep into the culture that we're in without us even knowing it, without us paying attention, without us being able to say, this is not the kingdom of God. And even if I'm hated for speaking out and saying that this is not the kingdom, I will do it anyway, because Christ has already warned me that this is what is coming, that people will hate me because I speak out against this conflation of the values of the kingdom of heaven with the values of the kingdom of this world. Jesus has already warned us that the world may not always be the people who do not know who God is, but that the world might be people who claim Jesus, who claim that he saves, but at the same time want to hang on so tightly to political power that they resort to violence. And the challenge to us today, church, is that we not become like the world, that we don't associate with the world. Because, you see, if we are truly connected to the vine, then the fruit that God creates in us is not fruit of violence and hate, but fruit of love and justice and righteousness. You see, whenever we see sin, we don't have excuse for that sin because Jesus has already told us what it looks like to live lives of righteousness in his kingdom. And so when we see sin, we should be able to speak out against it and say that this is not the world of the kingdom of God. These are not the values of people who are connected to the vine. And even if the world gives us hatred for speaking out against those things, we know that we do not speak out on our own. We speak out collectively as a church that knows that this is what it means to be connected to the vine. That sometimes we will endure persecution for speaking out and saying what is right. 
saying what Jesus has taught us, that we are to be people who love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And we've been given a great commandment that asks us to love as Christ has loved us. That Jesus has called us out from the world so that we do not need to hold on to political power as a way to change and influence our culture. But we come every day bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ that saves, the gospel of the kingdom that transforms everything that is not right and brings righteousness and justice. That is the way that we change things. And so it's important for us to know that the way of Christ is the way of sacrificial love. It is the way that lays down its life for its friends. It is the way of love's occupation, as we sang today, not the way of the occupation of hate. And so the gospel message must go out to even people who know Jesus Christ or claim to know him because we see the fruit that is being born, and it doesn't look like fruit that is connected to the vine. The fruit of violence, the fruit of hatred of other people because of the color of their skin. Can we be united as a church and say that this is not what happens when we are connected to the vine? And that Jesus has shown us that if we are connected to the vine, and if we truly preach a gospel of peace and mercy and love, a gospel that calls us to bear fruit of righteousness and justice, a gospel that calls all of us to lay our pride down at the foot of the cross, that we will receive persecution. That hatred will be directed at us. And if that is so, how do we prepare as a church to meet that? How do we enter into a place where we can together say that Jesus Christ calls us to a different way, where the gospel of Jesus Christ can be proclaimed both to people who do not know who God is, but folks who claim to know God and persecute others in the name of Jesus. How do we do that as a church? Well, I love what Jesus continues to do in this passage because he shows us that we cannot do it on our own. Christ shows us that if he counted on us as human beings to be truthful, to be honest, and to be loving at the same time, we cannot do it on our own. And so in verse 26 and 27, Jesus shows us the remedy for how we can enter into a world that is filled with so much hate and be people of love, even when we are met with hate. Be people of truth, even when we are met with lies. Jesus says this to us in John chapter 15, 26, and 27. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness about me, because you have been with me from the beginning. The Helper the Holy Spirit, whose work is to counsel us, to teach us about how we bear witness to the kingdom of God, to teach us about how we bear witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is here with us, church. The Holy Spirit is here correcting us, challenging us, bearing witness to who Jesus Christ is. 
The Holy Spirit is reminding us of the words of Jesus that tell us not to run away, cover the truth because we're afraid of persecution or because we love the ways of the world. The Spirit of God reminds us of the words of Jesus that come from Matthew 5 that say, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. All over scripture, Jesus reminds us that if we are truth tellers, if we are lovers of God and lovers of our neighbors, there will be persecution. People will not like us. In fact, the words that he uses here are stronger. People will hate us. But that should not be a deterrent for us because we know that the Spirit of God is here to challenge us, to comfort us, to move us to places where we refuse to stay silent, to move us to places where we do not seek the love of the world, but rather the love that Jesus Christ has for us. We are moved to places where we can say that's not right. That is not the Jesus who saves that I know. The Jesus who saves is a Jesus who is compassionate. The Father who does that is slow to anger and abounding in love. The Jesus we worship is the one who calls us to bear fruit of righteousness and justice. The Jesus we know is the God who calls us to bear witness to the saving work of his blood on the cross and to the power of the resurrection that the Spirit brings so that even the people who stormed the Capitol that day will hear a message that is clear about who Jesus is, that Jesus is a God who saves us, and that Jesus is a God who saves all people who believe in his name. We can all reach out and search for a God of love, a God who bows down even to persecution for the sake of love that is sacrificial, that is pure, and that is holy. That is why in John chapter 15, verse 20, I love what Jesus says about what our posture should be. Jesus says, remember the word I say to you. A servant is no greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. But if they kept my word, they will also keep yours. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Many times when I look at the world around us, and I think about how to bear witness in a world that is so filled with hate, it scares me. It scares me because I do not want to be the source or the object of a person's hate. At the same time, it scares me because sometimes I just want people to like me and to love me. And so I don't want to ruffle any feathers, whether it's feathers of my friends or my family or my coworkers. And so I want to stay silent. But when Jesus reminds us about this persecution and he says, don't worry about those things. Don't be afraid. Don't think about how much people will like you or not. Be true to the gospel and be true to my kingdom. 
And when persecution comes, remember that even though some people might persecute you for the truth, that there are others who will believe in the name of Jesus Christ because we speak truth. Remember that even though some people might persecute us when we love Jesus Christ with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, there are others who will be drawn to the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the truth-telling that we have in a world that hates us on account of Jesus. So remember that those two things are happening at the same time. There are people who will persecute us, but because of the way that the Spirit of God works in this world, the Spirit is already at work in the hearts of people who will be receptive to our message of hope, our gospel of love and peace. The Spirit of God is already at work, and there are people who will come to Jesus because of that. So keep sharing the gospel, church. Keep being truth-tellers to the world around us. Let people know that the Jesus who saves is not a Jesus who sanctions violence. Let people know that the Jesus who saves is the lamb that is sacrificed before he becomes the lion on the throne. Let people know that the Jesus who saves is a Jesus who is full of truth and grace. Let people know that the Jesus who saves is the Jesus who is king of a kingdom that reigns and rules with righteousness and justice. And even if people persecute us because of our faith in Jesus Christ, know that the Spirit of God is with us, empowering us individually and as a community to not let go of our connection to the vine, but to stay connected to Jesus and to produce much fruit. Stay connected to Jesus. Keep his word in your heart. May Jesus, our true vine, always comfort us in times when we are persecuted. May our community of faith always be with us and encourage us so we never have to go through persecution alone. Values of this world. Who are not enamored with the values of this world, but truth-tellers who desire to know the truth that we find in Jesus Christ, the truth that truly sets us free. May we learn to love God. May we learn to keep his word. And may we understand that even though persecution comes at us from certain angles, there is love within our community, and there are people who are elect, called out by God, who God is sending us out to with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some may believe, some may not. But keep preaching the gospel, even when we are persecuted. And know that God will call us blessed, for ours is the kingdom of heaven. I bring you this message in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please pray with me. God, how do we love you and love others in a religious culture that is so filled with hate? Well, God, I pray that we would abide in Jesus, that we would stay connected to Jesus. I pray that we would not shield ourselves from persecution because of our faith. May we always look to Jesus, listen to the witness of the Holy Spirit, and go out sharing his name to anyone who will listen 
believing that Jesus is a God who saves us. The Spirit gives us grace to withstand persecution. And then that persecution, which others might mean for evil, will be turned for our good, for the good of the church and the good of the world around us. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who empowers us always to be different, to be people of love, be people of truth, people of grace, and people who withstand persecution through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.